0: Today's reading is in John chapter 8, verses 12 through 30. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going Where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what... You may be seated.
1: All right. Thank you, MJ. Uh, that was a long section of scripture, and uh, we, we talked about it a lot and agreed that we could use to uh, grow our m- muscles that might be atrophying of uh, focusing and uh, listening, especially to God's word. And so uh, that's something that we're going to try to stretch us all. Are you all with me? Are we all in that together? Amen. All right. Hey, we're back in. Pre- thank you, Jessica. Uh, for those who are here, we can interact a bit. Um, so my name is Dave. As I said earlier, I'm one of the pastors here, and just so glad to gather. And earlier we we thanked uh, Pastor Marcus for his preaching, and and, and I want to also just again, uh, while we need more people to serve and to volunteer, a lot are and have been serving here this uh, this evening, and, and just so thank you to all of you and. Um, Keith McMillan also who we'll be getting to hear from he'll be um, preaching here in a couple of weeks and uh, he's also been serving a ton behind the scenes just so much put on uh, even earlier I was outside that's why I can't even see right now very much it's kind of blurry because it was bright outside and dark in here um, and yeah people were getting chairs out extra just helping people and that's what we're called to do love God and love our neighbor as ourself and so And I was getting even choked up and just so, so thankful for uh, uh, what we get to be a part of. Amen. All right. So would you go ahead and turn with me to John chapter eight? That's where we'll be in verses 12 through 30. And um, the title this week to kind of give us something to, to, to think about or to focus on is actually in the form of a question. And it's this, can you see the light of the world? So with that, let's go ahead and pray together. Heavenly Father, again, we come as your people. Lord, we recognize that what we're doing right now, I recognize, is foolish. To think that in a short time, again, our minds can be reoriented and reshaped by the truth when every second of every day we are in a world that is is throwing so many different messages at us. And yet, Lord, I pray that you, by your spirit, will give us all, whether at home or here in person, inside or outside, the ability to focus. Lord, will you soften our hearts and enliven our minds to, to your voice? Lord, I do pray that, that, the, that, the, that the thoughts of all of our hearts, Lord, and, and that the words of my mouth will be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock. And our Redeemer. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. So again, right, I asked that question: can you see the light of the world? And another follow-up question to go along with that would be this: if God were here, would we notice him? All right? If God were among us, would we Notice and what comes to mind for me—if uh, some of you weren't even alive yet in 1992—but um, the the dream team was assembled in 1992. I remember it well, and it was perhaps even still to this day the greatest assembly of talent, especially in basketball, ever. People you never dreamt would be on the same team were all together. You had like the, some of the gr- greatest of all time: Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. Larry Bird, Clyde Drexler, Karl Malone, all these people playing together, man, passing it to each other. They just dominated every other team. It's in the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. And it was the first time that, that again, this kind of talent was all gathered together. Well, there's a video you can watch. You notice one name I didn't mention who was also on that team. There are actually a couple. But one of them was also one of the greatest of all time named John Stockton. Some of you may have not ever heard of him. Well, he would walk around the streets of Barcelona with a video, big old thing back in 1992, right? We didn't have these little phones and things, walk around with a camera and would uh, ask people how to get to certain places. And, and then at other times, um, one of these other more well-known stars would come by and everyone's attention would be, would be turned and they wouldn't, they didn't know they were talking to one of the greatest point guards of all time who was on the dream team. They, they didn't notice him, and it's funny, and he kind of embraced it and, and laughed at himself, but um, people had a certain thing in mind when they thought of one of these stars, a basketball star. John Stockton didn't really fit that, and so a lot of people m- missed him. Well, as we've seen all throughout John, this same kind of thing is happening with Jesus. People have in mind what the Messiah would look like. And who the Messiah would, would be. And yet they consistently miss Jesus. And he's right there in their midst. God with us. God among us. And people are like interacting with him. Talking to him like he's crazy. Missing what he's saying. And, and I think we probably in a, in a similar place need to recognize. Um, do we miss him? If he were here among us. And he is. we see him or have we created our own idea so much that we miss who he truly actually is okay so the big idea that we see right is that Jesus the light of the world brings life for those who follow him for those who truly believe in him okay and if you truly believe in Jesus you will follow him And maybe more negatively, and maybe more what we need to hear is, if you're not truly following Jesus, then you don't truly believe in him. And only those who believe in him have life. So with that, let's pick this up together in verse 12 of chapter 8. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, so Jesus did this again. A couple of weeks ago, we, when Jesus stood up for the first time and spoke in Jerusalem, he stood up and he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And if he drinks of me, he will never thirst again. And there was all this imagery, because this was going on during the festival of tabernacles and there would we talked about it then there were overflowing cisterns of water and people were physically thirsty and jesus says listen if you're thirsty not just physically but your spirit is thirsty if you're looking for something in life come to me and you will never thirst again well similarly he stood up right here this is right in the shadows of this great holiday it's a great festival, and this, this light is lit. There's lights all over. The whole temple is lit. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Okay, what, what, what do you think of when you think of Easter, right? It's coming up. I don't know about you, but before COVID, I wasn't as aware of my, my, uh, my senses, my expectations, different things like that, right? When I think of Easter, think of brighter colors, pastels, grass, not here in Tucson, but other places where I've heard of this, this thing, right? Green, you know, Easter egg hunts and um, certain temperatures, certain music, certain taste, right? Sugar for us or, or ham. Certain things come to mind, right? Depending on where you're from, but, but whatever it is, it's like certain holidays, our um, senses are associated with that. I know for me this year, Christmas Eve was pretty sad probably for many of of us, right? We did the best we could. We gathered with Mission Church. It was, but I I, I saw some pictures and I looked back to last year. Two of my brothers were here with us. My mom, who has Alzheimer's and is in a, a care home now, we were able to pick her up and bring her along with us. She couldn't be there with us, right, because of COVID. We had a candlelight service. People were packed in like sardines at Safford School and we all lit- a light, a candle, and we passed the candle as we sung Joy to the World. And then I looked back and thought, man, those signs remind me of better Christmases. Hopefully Christmas is still to come. Those are signs, those are important, but listen to me. How tragic is it, though, if we miss what those signs are pointing to? Am I here all alone? Alex is with me saying amen. All right, a- amen. Like if signs are meant to point us in a certain direction and yet if if we miss what the signs are pointing to because we're so focused on the signs that if they shift or in a certain circumstance or certain time a certain context those signs are maybe covered or they look different right we can't have a candle lit service in a in a packed room then do we miss what they're pointing to and that's what's happening here with jesus okay people are missing jesus and he stands up in this light okay the temple is is illuminated and and jesus is is, is standing there and says i am the light of the world and people are like oh whatever and they miss it and they miss him So pick up with me in verse 13 here. So the Pharisee said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. So it seems like Jesus just got got kind of hustled here to taking a detour, right? He stands up, I am the light of the world. And then these guys say, well, you're bearing witness about yourself. I don't know. And then this whole rest of this section, all the way until verse 30, it seems like Jesus got sucked into a conversation that he didn't start. But press in and look at Jesus. He never gets sucked in. He is so confident Okay, we use this phrase here, non-anxious. He has a non-anxious present. He is differentiated, if you've ever heard that word. He's able to engage and to care for people without getting sucked in, without getting manipulated. He's able to perfectly love without getting distracted. And what he does, we'll see, is in this whole next section, Jesus says Father and refers to Father seven times. And his whole point, as we saw from all throughout, we'll see in John chapter 20, you and I will see, listen, the father whom you have turned away from has sent me, God, the son to reconcile you to him. So through Jesus, through faith in him, through the light of the world, though we are walking in darkness by trusting in him, we can be reconciled to the father. And just pause again for a moment. I'm not going to go into this, but if you're a parent, if you're a roommate, if you're an employee or an employer, do you get sucked in? Uh, Man, I do. Okay, there's um, uh, a person, part of our church, hopefully he's watching. um, Dr. Tim Johansson wrote a great book on parenting, uh, co-wrote it. It's called GIST. And he talks about, and we actually called him at the beginning of the pandemic, and we talked to Dr. Johansson about this. And one of his key phrases is, just stop talking and don't get sucked in. So I've been more aware of that constant. Man, where do I? And, and as I've seen, as I've been convicted of that, I look at Jesus and he doesn't get distracted. He perfectly leads. So he talks about the He could nitpick. Right? Do you and I not nitpick with each other? Mask, no mask. Oh, this or that, the, the, the left or the right, the, this, this phrase or that phrase, and then we have these things that are like, oh, if you say that word, that's a, that's a hot-button word, and I'm going to all of a sudden tune you out and, and do these things, and we nitpick, and if anyone could nitpick, can we agree on this? Jesus has the right to nitpick, amen, but he doesn't. He doesn't get sucked in. He stays true to his plan, to his mission of reconciling his people to the Father, and so he says that. We even see in verse, uh, verse 19, Jesus says, or they said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know, neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. If you're following me, then you will know the father, but you can't know the father apart from me. And those were hot words. All right, look in verse 20. These words he spoke in the treasury. So you can underline that. We'll come back to that. It's important that it was in the treasury. As he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Okay, so John, the author of this book, makes it important to note what Jesus just said was a death sentence. Jesus saying, I and the Father are one. Is Jesus claiming to be God? And unless it's true, okay, this Jewish audience, these Pharisees are saying he deserves death. And we'll see in a couple of weeks when we get to John chapter 8, verse 58, when Jesus says before Abraham was, I am. He, he, then they pick up stones to finally stone him. But all throughout, even this chapter, he's constantly saying, I am, which is the name of God, Yahweh. And he's, he's taking that name on himself. And so people are mad, but they they don't stone him yet because it's not his time. Again, he didn't get sucked in. He knows the father is at work. Church, can we just take a moment and just take a breath and recognize we have a father who is at work? Amen. This is uncomfortable. Are we going to stop gathering and not have an in-person option again in a couple weeks, months? Everything in me wants to say, no, no, no. I hope not. I want to tell you emphatically no, but let me just tell you, I don't know anything other than Jesus is on his throne, and he's coming back, and he's in control. Can we just circle around that and say amen to that? Amen to Jesus. Amen? He doesn't get sucked in. He continues on this mission that he has set out on, and yet they, they, um, they, they don't like it. And notice where he says this. He's in the treasury. He's surrounded by money, by all these different messages, all these different agendas, by religion, by, by again, by finances, all these other things that you could try to find life in. And Jesus is standing among these false gods. And he says, unless you know him and him alone, you won't have life. He is the light of the world, and in him and him alone, there is life, and he's standing there. It would be like, it would be like someone standing in the middle of, um, of, like of, a, of a brand new you know, car, car show, and you show up to buy a car, and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, if I had that, then my image would be set. I'd be, I have all this, and Jesus stands there and says, listen, that's not going to make you fit, feel better, or whatever else it might be for you, okay? It could be, could be clothes, could be experience. And is saying, his image could be a relationship, whatever it is. And Jesus is standing there and is saying, He's declaring right there, You're not going to find life here, but only in Christ. But they don't get it. And again, I want to ask you if Jesus were in our midst, would we recognize him? They don't. The light, the temple is illuminated, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Ah, and look what they say to him. Pick up in like verse, um, like 25. Look how they, so Jesus just says this, I and the father are one. Then he goes on and he says these things and then they pick up in, uh, in verse 25 and they're like, so they said to him, um, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true and I declare to you, uh the The world what i have what I have heard from him, and they just keep it's like it's okay to say this they're interacting with Jesus like he's a strung out drug addict, okay, if you ever interacted, I can say, that because I know some strung out drug addicts p- personally and um and you're in a conversation or if you 've ever gone to a party or something you have like there's like drunk knowledge or drunk w- wisdom. It's like the sloppy person that's like got their arm around you and like you're my best friend and let me tell you all about the world and all this. They're like, dude, you can't even tie your shoes right now and you're trying to talk to me like you know everything in the world. That's how they're talking to Jesus. He says, I and the Father are one. And they just are like, wait, who are you again? Where are you, where are you from? Wait, you can't testify to yourself. And they say things like Marcus pointed out last week. They, they just keep, they're like, it's like he's like mumbling and they're not recognizing him and they're trying to dismiss him and they're and they're just they're not engaging him. Church, that's a mirror for you and me. If we don't come with a humble, submissive posture before God, then we will try to create him in our likeness, and in so doing, we will miss him. Am I alone? No, we, and that's dangerous. That's tragic. We'll miss, we'll focus on the signs and miss the one they are pointing to. But for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, Jesus shows how we can see him most clearly. Picking up in verse 27, they did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he, that he is is added in the English translation. But again, Jesus there, you can underline the words I am. Jesus says, when you have lifted up me on that cross, then you will know that I am God. You can't understand right now. You don't understand right now because I have not been lifted up. Lifted up on the cross to die, to reconcile you and me to the Father. Lifted up, resurrected from the dead, which we will celebrate here in a few weeks on Easter Sunday. Putting death and all its effects to death and ushering in a way to find real, rich, full, abundant, eternal life through him being lifted up. Lifted up, ascended to the right hand of God, the father lifted up, exalted one day to return and to be lifted up on the throne where he will declare all things have been made new and are reconciled and restored and finished once and for all. Unless Jesus is lifted up. Church, let me tell you what we're doing right now as I said earlier in the prayer, is foolish. There's so much uh, preaching that, 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 that Marcus or myself or someone else is up here preaching, right? That, that you would be sitting there listening. Some people even kind of pejoratively and kind of the, the deconstructionist kind of spiritual movement will talk about, oh, you just sit there and you listen to a speech and all that. All that is true if what we're doing right now is not God revealing himself. If what we're just doing is I'm trying to tell some jokes and trying to be funny and trying to, trying to walk us through this and trying to pretend like I'm all smart, that's, that's foolish. But if we can join Paul in what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when he says, and I, when I came to you, brothers, came to you with weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, so that through my preaching, you will see the power of God and your faith will not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the spirit at work. Okay, if we're not preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified, Jesus Christ lifted up on the cross, lifted up on the throne. If we're doing that, then God is, is working miraculously through our fumbling and bumbling his power is made known through our weakness but if we're doing anything other than that it is foolish okay but the question is again will we see him will we believe in him verse 30 says as he was saying these things many believed in him i want to again ask you do you believe in jesus You say, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm here. I check that box. I confess with my mouth that I'm a Christian. I believe. But as James chapter 2 says um, show me your belief with your words, and I will show you my belief through how I live my life. Belief is not intellectual assent, it is not just a verbal confession. It is a life orientation. It is, I believe this so much to my gut, to my bones, that though my neighbor says this, that though I am pulled this way, though I am tempted to say or think or do or believe something else, I, I, if I have confessed this with my mouth and believed it in my heart that I can do no other, that, that I, I, I am driven and compelled to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm driven to love my neighbor as myself, even though my neighbor's unlovable. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not very lovable. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) But I love you. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I love you. (laughs) Because God loves you. And because God loved me. Okay, that's the gospel. Jesus lifted up. Jesus elevated. But as we close right now, is it not a tragedy if we're so focused on the signs that we miss the one who the signs are pointing us toward? What is distracting us right now? That if God were among us, and he is, we would miss him. Are you missing him? Will you follow him? Will you and I believe in him? The light of the world through whom and whom alone life can be truly found. Let me pray for us. Again, Father, we need you so desperately. Lord, um, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, whom you have sent, you are meeting us right now in this moment. Lord, if there are some here who who say, yeah, I, I believe, I believe, but life doesn't reflect that belief, Lord, I pray that you will do the work that only you can do. Lord, convict where you need to convict, encourage where you need to encourage, but Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will lead all of us now to evaluate or to consider Do I truly believe? Am I truly following Jesus? Lord, lead us to your good news, to your gospel, in response to your good work. In your good name we pray, Jesus. Amen.